This message was presented at the GYC 2010 No Turning Back Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Good morning, everyone. We can praise the Lord that uh, the technicalities and difficulties and obstructions are all removed so that we get the right climate here. And I hope that the shaking will not be too traumatic. Um, Before we start, let us ask the Lord to bless us. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity of GYC and the opportunity to reflect upon the power struggle and the great controversy that affects every one of us, including your remnant church. And give me the wisdom and the right words to share the experience that is presently taking place in your church. We praise you and pour your spirit in abundance upon each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This topic... Uh, interestingly uh, sparked my interest this summer. I attended the General Conference 2010, and we, uh, I was there on the floor, and I heard many people talking about some of the events. I said, you know, now we believe the shaking has begun. Other ones said, no, 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 this is not the shaking, you know, whatever. And so when I came home for the next month or so, uh, for my devotions, I took this topic and prayerfully considered from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. And what I will share now with you is the result of this study, which in fact was very enlightening for me. We have heard many times about it. We know it will happen, or it happened already, but do we know And, you know, if we know things, we don't need to go into a panic, do we? No. And so the problem with many of our people is that they are ignorant. They are not regular Bible students. And spirit of prophecy, if you have time, but when is that? Maybe on a Sabbath, maybe Friday night, and that's all. And so what I now share is uh, about the shaking. What is it anyway? And uh, there are various types of shaking. First, we will look from a biblical perspective, then from the spirit of prophecy, and then we draw on conclusions. And some biblical pictures give you the idea of an earthquake. Here you find the uh, picture of the old San Francisco Hall of Justice on Kearney Street a few weeks before the April 1906 earthquake and fire. And yet, a few weeks later, that was all that is standing, and the rest of the neighborhood was completely eliminated. Not only this, but there was a major fire. It was terrible. So this is one of the type of shaking that the Bible refers to with the spirit of prophecy. However, there's another one where you have a sieve, and you have there the grain in various parts of the world that happens in different ways, And there is the product, and you make a separation between the chaff and the pure grain. And that's what we are after. The Bible talks about the purity. The Spirit of Prophecy talks about the purity of the church and how this is being brought about. Now, then you have the purification of the metal. It talks about a refining product. And, of course, what are we after? Of course, the pure gold. And what the dollar does or the euro, the pure gold you need, and then you separate it from the dross. Now, those are some of the pictures in the scriptures that are being used time and time again. And so let us now first go, as good Seventh-day Adventists, to the Bible, right? First we go and see what it is. And then in scripture, we turn then to, if you have your Bible with you, to Isaiah 19 verse 16. 
Now, in Isaiah 19, verse 16, here it is in a chronological sequence. This is the first passage in the Bible that really talks about the shaking. Now, if you have a modern version, it may not use the term shaking. Uh, the, 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 the older versions use the term shaking. And so here, then, is the scenario. In the day shall Egypt be likened to women, and it shall be afraid and fear because of the shaking, the shaking of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he shakes over it. And here it shows one of the persecuting powers of Israel, Egypt. And it is compared with women. What kind of women are those? Women that are, have travail in labor. This is the agony of the persecutors. Now, who brings about this shaking? Who does it? The observation is the Lord is the shaking of the enemies of his people. So keep that in mind, friends. When a shaking takes place in the church, don't get upset. The Lord is still on control of the Adventist church. Look at Revelation 10. The majestic being from heaven. Who is this? That is Jesus. So no matter what you see around you, whether you see poor leadership, all kind of politics and whatever, look up. Look up. <coughs> and so really, if there are terrible things that happen in the, in the church, look constantly at Jesus, and that will give you the peace. That is the whole purpose of this conference. Practicality of knowing Jesus. Now we go to Isaiah 24, verse 13. And there it is, when thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree and as the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done. Now when do you, when do, you do the gleaning? At the beginning? No, at the end. So here then, when thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of the olive tree and as the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done. And so the observation is, what does the gleaning do? The gleaning, the shaking reveals the Lord's faithfulness, the remnant. And so therefore we can praise the Lord for the shaking and the gleaning. Here you see the olive garden. And here the plenty of olives that come. And at the end of the harvest, what do we do? Whatever grapes that are left, we pick them. And we in Michigan, we, have, we live in a fruit belt. And we are all gleaning afterwards. Don't pay high prices, but we glean. And all the grape juice during the winter that I drink, that is coming from the labor of my wife, in canning this, and instead of the expensive bottles with refined products, I have the grape juice with all the pulp, all the antioxidants. And that continues. And so here, another one is Ezekiel 37, verse 7. So I prophesy as I was commanded, and I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a shaking and the bones came together, bone after bone. Here, the Lord gives Ezekiel the picture of, of what? The valley of the dry bones. They're all dead. Well, then Isaiah, Ezekiel prophesies, and what's happened? Suddenly, the miraculous power of the Lord, the creative power, brings them together. And the observation then is, the Lord uses a shaking to do what? To revive his people. So can you see, you know, that if we understand what the Lord is using, we don't need to get worried. We look up and say, Lord, I cannot understand everything that's going on in my church, but you are in control. And the remnant will be revealed. Is it tremendous? 
What a loving God. So instead of looking with those things with fear and trembling, we can say, praise the Lord for your salvation. Don't deny. And so there then, the Lord's creative power, friends, can do miracles in our church. Again, Ezekiel 38, verse 19. And I wish that when you go home, that you read the whole context of the chapter. Because if you read them just by yourself, it says, For my jealousy and in my fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in the day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Now he's shaking the land of Israel among God's people. You know, the whole context is that the evil powers, the gentle nations, are invading Israel. And then the Lord gets so angry that he steps in. And what happened to Gog? The evil power? Destroyed. So, friends, no matter what happened, no matter what wicked people come into our church, they will all be eliminated. But they have to be Good, pure examples. And therefore we are here to be the example. And if people are confused, you can counsel with them. You see, that is what we are to do. And so here then, there will be a great shaking in the land of Israel. So the observation is, the shaking now is associated with the judgment on the persecutors of God's people. The persecutors of God's people, they will be eliminated. And even the oppressors. Now here you have an interesting passage in uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah 5 verse 13. Now what happened here? Here are God's people coming out of Babylon. Back to a country. Somewhat desolated, but they're going to build up the country. And as a result, the country flourishes. But there are some few people. And what do they do? They have to sell their children as slaves to obtain some means of existence. And that happens among God's people. So, friends, among God's people are unconsecrated leaders. And what do they do? They oppress the people. The people want to do all kinds of things? No, 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 no. I'm in control. I'm in control. And I know what it means. I was once a pastor, evangelist. Now I'm an elder, sitting on the benches. And if you want to do something, hey, you know, just, just don't run ahead, don't run ahead. And year after year passes. Don't run ahead, don't run ahead. Now who can understand the mind of any pastor? Unless the pastor reveals what they do. And so some churches are blessed with a tremendous pastor. Other ones with dictators. But don't worry about it. You do what the Lord impresses you to do. And don't wait from Washington, D.C. or whatever the conference or the union. The Lord gives you a burden. You believe that? And that is what we are into. We have to finish the work, no matter what obstacles are around us. Finish, finish the work. And so here then, Nehemiah then makes, rebukes the people. And says, you change. And he says, he made the covenant. He says, also I shook my lap and said, so God shakes out every man from his house and from his labor that performeth not this promise. Even thus he be shaken out and emptied. And all the congregation says, amen, and praise the Lord. So the whole congregation changed. But it needed a powerful leader that was about to launch the curse of God upon the people, unless they changed. And you know, sometimes we need people that the Lord has to speak the truth in powerful ways, and we better listen. We better listen. And so the observation is, God shakes out the oppressors of the people. And if you have a problem in your church, the Lord will shake out this. But it happens only if you have the right people in the church. You know? But if everybody is allowed to see an attitude, that church will dry up unless the Lord impress you and you rally to the cause. So friends, here, the shaking of the scripture. Let us just summarize what we found in scripture, which is very important. First of all, the Lord shakes the enemies of his people. We don't need to worry about it. The Lord will do it. 
The shaking reveals God's faithful remnant. So the heavier the shaker, the purer the church becomes. Praise the Lord. The Lord uses a shaking to revive his people. The shaking is associated with judgment on the persecutors of God's people. God will not let his people be oppressed. And God shakes out the oppressors of his people. So in other words, the oppressors outside of the church will be shaken and be eliminated. And the, the oppressors within the church. And so you have a church in which basically you find the New Testament model again repeated. You know, the upper room experience, didn't you hear it yesterday evening? The upper room experience, that's what we need. And then you get a nice, tremendous fellowship, because we all have the mind of Christ. Keep that in mind, friends, that is very, very important. And we all are sanctified by what? By the truth. That is very, very important. Very important. So the more faithful we are to God's word, as revealed in the Bible and Spirit of Prophecy, the more powerful your church will become. And the greater, greater instrument you be in the spreading of God's word. Now, we leave the Bible and go then to the Spirit of Prophecy's insight. And they are really amazing. Now, some people get confused and said, you know, yeah, you know, I read it. Some say the shaking is now, the shaking is future. Uh, you, you know, she completely contradicts herself. Does she? Does she? Let us look at these statements in its context. And if you look at these statements in its context, you see that there is harmony. But, you know, in order to discover this, you have to be, what? Patient. We like, to have, we like to have the answer just on our fingertips. But friends, sometimes I have to spend hours, hours, days, weeks, and I kneel in the morning with those counsels, and I said, Lord, give me the wisdom. And gradually, you know, the Lord reveals those things. And this is what is here. So in other words, you may get confused after the first lecture, but the answer you get in the next one. You see, the, what I'm telling you is a simply a story. Now is the story in the Bible, then the spirit of prophecy story, then you're focusing on the general conference and what takes place there. And the last one is how not to be shaken out. Because the shaking will not come to your neighbor. Don't look about your neighbor. It will come to you. It will come to you. It comes to every church, to every conference, even the general conference. There's nothing that is, you know, neutral territory for the shaking. And the Lord does it. So let us now look here, the progression. The shaking is the future. And here I have a number of statements that deal with the future shaking. And see what you can, can get out of it. It's kind of an inductive method. The shaking is future. The first one is really in the 1860s. Now, what happens in the early part of the 1860s? The early part of the 1860s, there was this struggle. Yeah, you know, shall we get organized? Shall we not get organized? And in fact, uh, you know, here we have the spirit of prophecy and the visions. What do we do with the visions? Shall we accept it or reject it and whatever? And right there, you get even a split in the Church of God's seventh day. And then... The Seventh-day Adventist. Now, if you find, feel uncomfortable with us, you can always go to the Church of God's Seventh-day. You can drink. You can smoke. You know, create a freedom. Freedom to go on the broad way. That goes to what? Perdition. But we are choosing for a different road. And so here then, in Spiritual Gifts, Volume 2, page 284, you'll find this. I view this church in a more dangerous condition than they had ever been. Experimental knowledge is but known by a few. The shaking must soon take place to purify the church. So the observation is here. The shaking of the church, this type of shaking is in the near future. And you know what the problem is? 
they don't have any experience with the Lord. See, that is what you have. Experiential religion. The shaking of the church is in the near future. So here, we get then the situation in 1882. Testimonies, Volume 5, pages 80 and 81. Now, at that time, it's interesting. It was the first time and the last time that from the headquarters in the Dion Conference, they issued a proclamation for a day of prayer and fasting. Now, we have prayer and fasting for evangelism. No, no, no. That was a prayer and fasting for the sad spiritual condition of the church. Can you imagine the leadership in Washington, D.C., issuing a proclamation for prayer and fasting because we are so bad? Unthinkable what happened there. So at that time, the Spirit of the Lord said, the days are fast approaching when there will be a great perplexity and confusion. Winds of doctrine will be blowing. Do we have that today too? The Lord has faithful servants who in the shaking testing time will be disclosed to view. Now at that time, we were quite unified. How are we today? And so those are fast approaching, she says. The shaking testing time. The time is not far distant. When the test comes to every soul, the mark of the beast will be urged upon us. In this time, the gold will be separated from the dross in the church. Now, interesting here. Observation. Again, signs of the coming shaking time. Time of the coming shaking time. In the future is a doctrinal confusion. See? So you have to take the temperature of the church today and see where we are. You see? This is 150 years ago. Where are we now? Where are we now? You see? And so here then, it is, but this is also associated when the doctrines of confusion comes through every church and everywhere. There is then the imminent coming of the mark of the beast. Are we there yet? In the image of the beast, of the, the mark of the beast? Not yet. Not yet the mark of the beast is forced. But that can take place very quickly. All the players are already there. And in fact, if you want to have some stimulating reading, you read the book, Sunday's Coming, by Edward Reed. It's done a marvelous job. I, I use it all the time in my lectures on, on the history of the Sabbath and Sunday. Powerful material. Sunday's Coming. Sunday's Coming. You can get it in the ABC. Marvelous book. And so here then again, the situation in 1886. This is manuscript release number 11. And at this time, the uh, servant of the Lord is in Europe. But... Uh, she sees the problems, and she says, our faith cannot be vested in any man. We need Christ's righteousness. We need Jesus by our side. He is our rock. It is by his might that we conquer, and by his righteousness that we are saved. When I see men exalted and praised, extolled as almost infallible, I know there must come a terrible shaking. Do we have any problem in our church to elevate and promote the talents of people and to admire and to applaud them? A terrible shaking must come. However, where is our help? Jesus is by our side. And if he is by our side, then we are having an, a, pro, pro, a protection of the rock. Here it is. The protection of the rock. And nothing can hit you. Nothing can hit you. Isn't it tremendous? Praise the Lord. And so here then, one year later, the situation in 1887. You read it in Last Day Events, page 173. And there, you read that there will be a shaking of the sieve. It's not anymore the cataclysmic earthquake event. No, it is a sieve. The calf must be in time separated from the wheat because iniquity abounds the love of many waxes cold 
It is the very time when the genuine will be the strongest. So what is then the observation? The shaking comes to separate church members. Now, I mean, this is a very, very tragic event. I, I wish I wouldn't, you know, sometimes I see some of those statements, and my wife said, you know, be careful, be careful, be careful. I said, shall I eliminate it? Eliminate it? No, put it back. Eliminate, put it back, you know. You know, this is the traumatic experience. We talk about unity, right? And I hear some leaders say, you know, we are like a great umbrella, and there's room for everybody. That's exactly what the Catholic Church says. Room for everybody, whether you are an evolutionist or a creationist, and you believe in a short chronology and six little years or a long time, doesn't matter. We have an umbrella. No, that's what the Catholic Church says. So if you want to have the three ribbon, there are churches that allow that freedom. But if God's remnant church allows that freedom, it will even destroy the good seed. At least there is a danger. Because people are looking at other people. And looking at leaders. And ministers. And scientists. But friends, unless you have the humility of a child. You will not enter the kingdom of God. And that is what I have to say to myself. Even if I don't understand it. If I don't understand it, just leave it there. Don't fabricate all kind of interpretations that harmonize the world with the church. Impossible. Impossible. And so, here again, the shaking and deceiving now, the famous year, 1888. And if you haven't gotten the four volumes of 1888 that the White Estate produced, you should get them. Or if you have them on your iPod or you have it on the iPad or your computer, get them there. And there in the 1888 materials, page 511, there's a very, very interesting statement. There will be an army of steadfast believers who will stand as firm as a rock in the last test. But where in that army are those who have been standard bearers? Some of them are not there. Remember, there will be, but where are they? We look for them, but in the time of the shaking, they have been unable to stand. Unable. And have passed over to the enemy's rank. Now, it's interesting if you understand 1888 and the light that God has given them for the loud cry and the letter rain. Tremendous. And what did the majority of the leadership do? They rejected. Even if in our church, noble, sincere individuals have produced books that we have accepted this message. No, friends. That was not true. If you read carefully... Therefore, you see, don't read books about 1888. If you want to read something about 1888, you have to go to the prophet who was there. You know, four volumes, $35. Tremendous deal. Now, you know, I don't get anything about it. But I tell you, I mean, 1,800 pages. And if you read it, it's a tremendous inspiration. But certainly to me, it's not a matter of brother, brother, you have accepted the message. The question is, have I accepted the message? Don't worry about others. Do I have to? Whether the church has rejected, I have to accept it. And therefore, I am responsible for this. And if I have accepted the message, I, I still remember when I came in 1988 at Andrews, I had to teach Seventh-day Adventist theology. And I didn't even know about 1888. And so I, you know, I, I, I read all, look at all the books. My wife says, you know, get, get the four volumes. So I went there, and I tell you, it was a tremendous life transformation in my life. And she, there's my wife there. She, she did most of the fantasy, fancy things, you know. I, I'm being a plain Jane, but she, she jazzes it up. And so I said, you know, read it, read it. And she looked at me and said, have you underlined it? Yes, I said, I have underlined. She said, no, I buy my own set. That's what she said. You know, she doesn't want to be influenced by me, but by the Lord. 
You know, this is the caliber of people that we need in our church. Are you with me? Okay, so there we continue the conclusions then. The time of the shaking is in the future. It's in the future. And here we see an army. And I think this is a picture maybe in Italy or whatever, but there are the standard bearers. Where are they? And friends, many of the common ranks will take their places. Because as an administrator, you're always tempted in many ways to compromise, you know, to do this and the same. But we need people that don't know what compromise is on the truth. And so here then, a few years later, in 1880, Selected Messages, Volume 2, page 180, there is a time of trouble coming to the people of God. But we are not to keep it constantly before the people and rein them up as to have a time of trouble beforehand. There is to be a shaking among God's people. But this is not the present truth to carry to the churches. So in other words, I'm not the one that go from church to church to church to church to you know, do all this kind of thing. It's an important topic. You need to study it for yourself. But you don't need to, you know, to make people confused about all those things. And so here then, the observation, the comic shaking is not the present truth. But it is something that if you understand it, it will be a great blessing to you. Situation 1895. The Lord is coming soon. There must be a refining, winning a process in every church. For there are what? Among us what? Wicked men who do not love the truth or honor God. Last day, event 73, 173. Isn't it sad that there are in your own church wicked people don't love the church and honor God? And those are as thorn frequently in the flesh and, you know, agonizing. But, you know, probably the Lord leaves them because you and I have not developed enough patience. And instead of fighting them, we should pray with them. And maybe we should give, make a nice loaf of bread and give them, you know, or something nice. Why? Because this life is all they have. For us, there is a life beyond. So make those people happy. And then in the day of visitation, they may praise your Lord because of this. Fantastic. Isn't it fantastic, those counsels that we have? And so the observation is, the shaking will affect every church. Every church. And so here then, the situation one year later in 1896, Selected Messages, Volume 2, page 114, divisions will come in the church. Two parties will be developed. The wheat and the tares grow up together for the harvest. And no matter what you try to reconcile, unless you compromise, there will be a division. Observation. Two parties will develop, be developed in the church. The wheat and the tares. And the closer you come to the end, and I've noticed this since I became a Seventh-day Adventist in the early uh, 60s, and I was a secular individual from the world, came into the church. Everything seemed to be so beautiful. And after a time, you see that things are not as you actually expected. But then the Lord is in control. The Lord is in control. And we should not come down from our work on the walls of Zion to spend time and time and time to work with people that don't even appreciate all those things. While billions of people out there have not heard the message. And so look at the fields of the harvest. They're white. And what are we going to do about it? So let you not be confused by the distractors. 1900, situation, the crash collection in 124. A great shaking must come up. The professed believers of the truth are asleep. They need to awake and shine anew. The message of the angel following the third is now to be given to all parts of the world. It is to be the harvest message. And the whole earth will be enlightened with the glory of the Lord. 
You see here what, what happened? Now a message needs to be given. Which message? What is, the, what is this message? There's the loud cry message. The first sprinklings of the latter rain started in more than 100 years ago. The loud cry. And then, 10 years later, she has to say, you know, now need to be given. And what do we give today? Yeah. Think about it. This is a mandate over 100 years ago. Where is our mandate today? Still there. Friends, observation is the shaking, that terrible shaking will lead to a revival of Revelation 18, verse 1. The whole world will be enlightened with the glory of the righteousness of Christ in the context of the three angels' messages. Not simply righteousness by Christ, because the Baptists talk about Christ and his love, but it needs to be a message of righteousness by faith with a bite in it. The bite is the three angels' messages. And it is a bite that will be a savor unto life, life eternal or to death eternal. Friends, we have a precious truth, incredible truth. What are we doing with this? Four years ago, I was here also. I had a message on the three angels' messages. It's powerful, powerful. And so, where are we? Where are we? Laodicean message, are we belonging to the ten virgins? Oh, you can say, yes, the white also slept. But it is time for the white to wake up. Now, what about the shaking now? Now, so before that, we focus on the future. Now, the shaking now, today. In fact, in 1850, that was a vision received in Oswego, New York, and it is in early writings, pages 50 and 51, and it was repeated later on in te special testimonies, uh, volume A, 2A, 31, 1892. She says there, a mighty shaking has commands and will go on, and all will be shaken out who are not willing to take a bold and yielding stand for the truth and sacrifice for God and his cause. Now, what is it mighty shaking? If you understand the time now, remember there was the middle right movement. And you had there 50,000 people at the churches. A tremendous army. But what happened with that army? They fought it and fought and fought and fought. And in 1849... There were only 100 people left of the multitude that still believed that 1844 was a milestone in the plan of salvation. The final judgment has come. Christ moved from the holy to the most holy place. And now you have the investigative judgment. 100 left. She is addressing now. You see, if you don't understand the background, you say, hey, she said, in the future, and now a mighty, the mighty shaking was right there among those 50,000 or 100,000. Terrible what has happened. And only a fraction remained faithful. A number of, Brother Crozier, the discovered the light on the sanctuary, he left. Brother Thomas Preble, who was the first of the Adventists to publish about the Sabbath, he left. And others, more and more and more. Yes, friends, the observation now, the shaking has begun and will go on. So this now is talking about a present shaking. It's not talking about a shaking when the mark of the beast will be there. And it is a matter of life and death what you do. So the situation now in 1862, Testimonies, Volume 1, page 4 to 9. Here again, it is in the struggle of, 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 of unification here, uh, becoming unified here together accepting the name Seventh-day Adventist, I saw that we now in the shaking time. Satan is working with all power to wrest souls from the hand of Christ and cause them to trample on the food of the Son of God. Character is being developed. Angels of God are weighing moral worth. God is testing and proving his people. 
And so here then, in this context, you find then the now take taking place. We are in the shaking time. Situation in 1889. Now that is one year after the glorious message in 1888. You find this in 1880 materials, page 331. I'm sorry, and this is speaking to one of the leaders. I'm sorry that you are in such a great blindness that you are unable to distinguish the voice of God from that of the enemy. I have repeatedly presented before you and others that there would come a shaking time when everything that can be shaken will be shaken and that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. We are now in that time. Entering in the time. Now, that was an individual that when he saw the light of 1888, did not accept it. He looked to the leadership. And what happened there? As a result of rejecting truth, what happened to this individual? What did he become? He became blind. Not distinguishing the ploy of the Satan from the counsel of the Lord. Isn't it tragic? Absolutely tragic. Now, do you want to be in that situation? No, we don't. And so that is what we, I will, especially in the third presentation to this morning, we are, or this afternoon, will be how to prepare for those things and not to be shaken out. And so here then the observation is, we're entering upon the shaking time. We're entering upon the shaking time. Situation, 10 years later. Manuscript releases, volume 21, page 346. At times I'm worried in spirit, but when I commit all to God, his peace comes to me. I hear his voice saying, be still and know that I'm God. I see that the time has come. The time has come when everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We're in the shaking time. Be assured that only those who live the prayer of Christ, working out in practical life, will stand the test. So again, here is the recipe, the prescription, if you're worried about what's happening in the church. <coughs> and especially in regard to sighing and crying. And I will deal with this in the last presentation. Because I have hard time to finding anybody who sighs and cries today. And why? Because we don't even know what the abominations are. If I talk in my class of abominations, people say, well, abominations in our church? Oh, you have to go to the Catholics. <laughs> Come on. Now, what is the only, you know, the only... Uh, Redemptive thing. Only those who what? Live the prayer of Christ. What is the prayer of Christ? The oneness. John 17. John 17. And how is this oneness be accomplished? We are all sanctified by what? By the truth. And Jesus says it is the truth that sets you free. Free of what? Sin. And all the Babylonian remnants that we have taken over. When I came out of Babylon, friends, I mean, it took years and years and years. You know, when I walked into church, people are just watching. Who is this? Oh, you know, they saw it the inner side. They saw the outward appearance. Now, I'm glad, you know, the Lord took it away, taught me little step by step by step. And that's what we have. Too many of us are affected by Babylonian thinking. And you can never have peace with that. And so, the prescription is, be still and know that I am God. And the Lord will take care. And so the observation is, we're in the shaking time. We're in the shaking time. And that will be taken care of. One year later, Testimonies, Volume 6, pages 30. 331 and 332. If we only knew 
what was before us. We would not be so dilatory in the work of the Lord within the shaking time. The time when everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The Lord will not excuse those who know the truth. If they do not in word and deed obey his command. Those who belong to the Lord's kingdom must work earnestly for the salvation of souls. Obeying the truth in what? In word and deed. Action. Action is there. Not only profession. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. People should see it. What you're involved in. So observation. We are in the shaking time. Again here, situation in 1902, Bible Commentary, Volume 4, page 1161. Just as soon as the people of God are sealed in their foreheads, it's not any seal or mark that can be seen, but a settling into the truth, both intellectually and spiritually, so that they cannot be moved. Do you have to continue to sin and sin and sin? No, here's a message of victory. And the amount of sinning that takes place in your life is associated in proportion to what? Your understanding of the truth. Peter says in his letter of sanctification, add to faith what? Virtue. To faith, virtue? Knowledge. You see, knowledge is important. That builds you up. If you want to have perfect love, you need to have more knowledge how to avoid all the pitfalls. And so that is very, very important, friends. Just as soon as the people of God are sealed, they are prepared and prepared for the shaking, it will come. Indeed, it has begun already. The judgments of God are now upon the land to give us warning that we may know what is coming. The Lord spells it all out, friends. If we only know those things, we will not have any fear. Are you with me? And so the observation is, yes, it has already begun. It has already begun. And it will continue and will continue. And so has the shaking begun. We have seen now the future. They will be specially involved to the mark of the beast. But there is a present shaking now, today. It has to do with character development. It has to do with your understanding of the truth. All of those things are vitally important. Oh, friends, I wish that every day we would have one, one worship with the Bible in our families. Another worship with the spirit of prophecy. Day by day. Visitors at Andrews University, and we, you will see what we are doing in our home. In the morning, the one source of his... Oh, yeah, there are many good books to read. Our publishing house is full with good books. But, you know, our family has only, only time for the best. Keep that in mind. Very, very important. If all those books that are good takes the place of the best, they are a detriment. And to me, how many hours do you spend with the inspired word of God? No, we don't. So therefore, make a niche in your, your, in your worship. Read the Bible, chapter by chapter by chapter. And if you don't understand it, go on your knees and go to our Bible commentary and try to find, you know, whatever. And then, Spirit of Prophecy. Hundreds of books are available. How many will you, in the rest of your life, going to read? Unless you decide this here and now, I'm going to do it, it will never happen. It will never happen. Think about it. And this is what we need, friends. God's help. In those matters. And so, what did this presentation reveal you about the love of God? What do you think? What did it reveal about the love of God? Or is it only shaking? He takes care of everything. He is in control. And if a shaking takes place, look beyond the shaking... Because the remnant, pure remnant, will be revealed. And hopefully, you will stay too. 
instead of being shaken out. No matter what happened. So you can see, friends, in the shaking presentation that the Lord is so merciful in his love that he simply reveals all those things to us. What do you say? Praise the Lord. And so there will be a shaking in the future. We know it's terrible. Is there a shaking in 2010? The analysis will be the rest of the story. We will focus on what happened in the GEM conference, analyze it, and look at the reaction to it. And then you analyze, you come to the conclusion in what time we are now working. And friends, come back and uh, we will again. What time? It is in 20, 20 minutes. Right? 11 30. 10.30, yeah, 10 30 till eleven thirty, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you have any questions you can come here to me and and whatever. This message was produced by GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. GYC seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians in contemporary contexts. To download or purchase other resources like this, or if you have been blessed by GYC and would like to donate, visit gycweb.org or email info at gycweb.org. You could also reach us via mail at P.O. Box 3786, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48106. This recording is licensed under Creative Commons. This means you can copy and share it with anyone you'd like. Please attribute this recording to GYC wherever you reuse it. And keep in mind that resale and alteration are strictly prohibited.